Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. Really excited to be joined by NFL Network reporter Steve Weish. He is going to be on the exclusive coverage of the HBCU Legacy Bowl Saturday, 3 o'clock. That is on NFL Network, and it is here in New Orleans. Steve is going to be doing the play-by-play for that game. It's a really cool opportunity for a lot of athletes that don't get the same type of exposure at some other colleges. So it's going to be fun to talk to him about this event. He was a huge part also of the NFL Network's Super Bowl coverage. So we're going to talk a little bit about that game, that experience covering the Super Bowl, and hit on the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely lovely. I'm here in New Orleans. I'm here at the HBCU Legacy Bowl over Tulane Stadium. So thanks for the great weather. No rain thus far. And uh, of course, everyone who knows me knows that this is my second home, my my favorite places in the world. So thanks for the hospitality here. Hey, we love having you here. It has been a very busy week for you. We saw you all over Super Bowl coverage for the NFL Network. How many times have you covered the Super Bowl? Wow. Um, not quite 20, but I'm knocking on the door. I'm guessing 18 or 19 times. So, again, very fortunate to do that because a lot of folks who, who wish they could. And, and, I, and I love it. I, I just, again, just very, very blessed and fortunate to have that opportunity. How did you think that this last one stacked up to the many that you've covered? Matt, for style points, you know, it's not in like in the top five, but in terms of actual competitiveness, one of the best I've covered. I mean, just the fact that, you know, the Rams look like they were rolling. Odell mm-hmm. Beckham gets hurt. They get stuck in the mud. Joe Burrow comes out and, and they rally. They get it going. Um, and then the Rams defense just absolutely clamped down. But at the Bengals defense clamped down. Um, and for them to finish the game the way they did after covering them through the NFC playoffs, did the same thing in the uh, NFC divisional game against the Buccaneers, you know, came back after the Bucs tied it late. Then they came back against the 49ers to win it late with Aaron Donald harassing Jimmy Garoppolo the same way in the same situation that he harassed Joe Burrow um, on that last sequence. It was just really interesting, a lot of the parallels about how the Rams ended up winning all those ball games and eventually Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, we got spoiled with some really good postseason games, especially down the stretch. I mean, you you didn't think it was going to continue, and then the next one happened, and it was even better than the last. It was a very fun postseason, and unfortunately for the Saints, we were not a part of it. I know we have a new coach here in Dennis Allen, but if you could just give me some early predictions on how you think maybe the Saints season would go or the, the NFL overall next year. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, let's start with the Saints. I mean, first off, I love Dennis Allen. He has earned a second chance. You know, I've had several conversations with Dennis. I, I go back to when Dennis was on Jim Morris staff with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so I've known Dennis a long time. And we've had conversations about the things that he learned. Uh, when he was a head coach with the Raiders before. He knows he's with an organization that's, you know, one of the premier organizations in the NFL now. So he knows the support and stability that he has. So um, I think he's going to do a very good job. Everything is going to come down to who is this team's quarterback, right? We don't know if they're going to be able to get Jameis back. Um, we don't know if they're going to continue with Taysom Hill. We know they've got some salary cap constraints, which is cool, which is going to really um, limit them as to what adjustments they can make with the roster. But they should be getting wide receiver Michael Thomas back. 
Um, that's huge. They've got Alvin Kamara. But, you know, look, the, the NFC South is as wide open as we have seen in years with Tom Brady gone. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are going to dismantle their roster some because of age and contracts. Um, Carolina, quarterback issues. And the Falcons, talent issues. So, to me, there's no reason to think that the Saints can't be competitive. Um, but, again, it all comes down to their quarterback situation. So, NFC South champs, you're not, you're not crowning us yet? No. <laughs> no. Understandable. No, that, look, it's going to come down to week 18 next year until we find out. And it might be a team that's, like, battling to get to 9 and 8 you know, to win, to win that division. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the reason why you're actually in town this week is the HBCU legacy bowl, really cool event for you. What kind of unique exposure does this give for athletes of HBCUs? Yeah, I'm glad you said unique exposure um, because the saints have played a role in helping this happen. I mean, they're not just the saints have helped sponsor a career fair. Um, for some, for all of these players, because not all of them are going to make it to the NFL. So, you know, they, they're, you know, off the field. We've got a lot of major companies and some of their uh, headhunters and, and HR people coming in and their leadership people to come in and, and help these people career-wise if that doesn't happen. But on the field, the reason why Doug Williams and James Shaq Harris, some legends from Grambling University and from the NFL, started this this year it's only one player from a historically black college and university has been drafted over the past two years. And that's just insane when you think about all the richness mm-hmm. that HBCUs have provided the NFL. 35 players from the Pro Football Hall of Fame came from HBCUs. And so starting this game, it's 100 draft eligible players from HBCUs. And that's to get scouts from the NFL and CFL to come here and to see these guys firsthand because they may not have had a chance to go through Itabena, Mississippi, and go to Mississippi Valley State and see these guys. And so far, we've seen, like, probably on average of the two days, about two dozen NFL teams out here looking at these guys, spending several hours with them in the evening interviewing them. So the commitment of these teams to find out more about these players to help their rosters is legitimate. And the fact that these players have this, like you said, unique opportunity they've never had before to show themselves to these NFL scouts, like the Senior Bowl, like the East-West Bowl, this is very similar. Um, again, it's going to get more of these players from these HBCUs into the NFL. Why was it important for you to be a part of this this week? It's it's everything. I mean, I, I went, I graduated from Howard University, HBCU. Um, I have seen over the years players like Darius Leonard and Tariq Cohen and Javon Hargrave and the Saints' own Teron Armstead come from HBCUs and really – not just be great people on the field, the great players on the field, but great people in the community. I know what so many alumni from Howard and other HBCUs do in the community. Um, I co-host the Black College Football Hall of Fame annual ceremony every year. Where we induct players into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And so to be a part of this is I'm a very vocal advocate of HBCUs and people attending HBCUs. And the fact that, yes, years ago, people of color had no option for college but HBCUs, but now it's voluntary and that the education you can get at HBCUs is just as good as anywhere else. That is why I'm just so blessed and fortunate to be calling this game, the play-by-play for this game, which kicks off Saturday at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern on NFL Network. 
Right, 3 p.m. Central, right at Tulane's, on Tulane's campus, Yulman Stadium. I love that stadium. It's going to be a fun atmosphere for sure. And I know they have practices out there all week, lots of events, as you mentioned. Who are some of the prospects or people that have stood out to you so far? Well, not just to me, but a lot of the scouts I've spoken to. Okay, so here's something to look at. All right, Saints fans, a guy named Deshaun Dixon, a defensive end from Norfolk State University, 6'5", about 260. Scouts can't stop talking about him. Pass rusher can also play a little bit inside. A defensive back from Virginia State named Will Adams, kind of a combo nickel safety corner player, showed well at the HBCU Combine. Coaches are all over this kid, getting a lot of interviews. Wide receiver from Delaware State, Trey Gross, 6'4", 210. He's torn it up over the first two days. And, you know, being able to cover the NFL and covering it for as long as I have, I know what an NFL player looks like. Mm -hmm. Those three guys look like NFL players. Um, the big name out here, though, is quarterback Aquil Glass from Alabama A&M, about a 6'4", 230-pound uh, player who can really throw it well. He plays in a kind of a shotgun read option offense at Alabama A&M, so that's a transition he'll have to make. When he comes to the NFL, but it's the same transition players from Oregon and all these other schools have had to make. He's the big name, right? He's the guy who everybody's looking at because they know he can play. And if he gets on a roster, he's somebody who could be a developmental player who could eventually become a starter. This week, they have divided up some of the different conferences into different teams. Do you, you have any favorite? Do you have a side that you think is going to win? I mean, it's an all-star game. I mean, come on. I, <laughs> But, you know, team – okay, so Team Gaither, named mm -hmm. after legendary Florida A&M coach Jake Gaither, has players from the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, the MEAC. I went to Howard. They're in the MEAC. Okay. And, the, and the CIAA, um, schools like Norfolk State and Hampton. So you've got kind of the Eastern Seaboard conferences in that, plus some schools like Chowan and some other schools, Hampton, who aren't in those conferences. And then you've got Team Robinson, named after Eddie Robinson, a legendary grambling coach. That's players from the Southwest Athletic Conference, the SWAC, and the SIAC, um, and some other teams uh, who aren't involved in those other conferences. So talent-wise, a lot of those players I just named for you are on um, Team Team Gaither, okay, okay. the MEAC SWAC team, but Aquil Glass and a lot of the other players um, are on Team Robinson. So – I'm not going to pick a favorite. It is an all-star game. It's about these individual players showing themselves for the NFL, but also playing as collective because there is a brotherhood forming between these guys this week. Yeah, absolutely. So I how about that. that for starting your question? No, I mean, you're giving us a reason to watch the game. You're, you're picking – there's positives on both sides. I like it. Um, I saw earlier you tweeted out, a video you're on the NFL network talking about top players that have come from HBCUs across the league. You mentioned Teron Armstead offensive tackle for the saints who came from Arkansas Pine Bluff, any other saints players that stand out to you from historically black colleges and universities. Oh, I am trying to think of some guys um, who've come from HBCUs for the Saints. And I can't think of that many off the top of my head. If you have a list there, that yeah. would help. I can't, think of, I can't think of that many. I know historically teams like the Cowboys and the Steelers have really stockpiled their rosters with HBCU players. And again, we see the Colts with Darius Leonard. Um, but what do you got for me? I'm stumped here. All right. So the first player that ever scored a touchdown for the Saints, John Gilliam from South Carolina John State. John Gilliam. 
Yeah. Wide receiver. Yep. Heck of a player. He played for the Vikings and I grew up in Minneapolis. I did. That's right. I forgot about John Gillian. Okay. Yeah. It was a kickoff return for 94 yards against the Rams in our first game. So that's been a that? little while. Uh, Emmanuel Zanders, offensive lineman. He was pretty good. He played eight seasons here for the Saints. He's on their um, 25 year Saints Hall of Fame team. Air, uh, Elix Price also played eight seasons, Alcorn State defensive tackle. We have a few, but it has been a while. You mentioned that it, it's been a little while since we've seen some big names in the NFL from some HBC. So hopefully this is something that will start. It Look, Jeff Ireland, we know uh-huh. the top personnel guy, and about five members of the Saints personnel staff, they've been out here both days. So they're doing their homework. So, you know, we, we, may, be, we may be dipping the Saints' toe back in that warm water for HBC talent. Yeah, you mentioned wide receiver. I think we could use one or two. So maybe the, the you know. We'll or, or quarterback. Yeah, we, we or quarterback, about you're quarterback. right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where can we find some of the stuff that you're doing this week out there um, at the stadium? And then, of course, as you mentioned, the game on this Saturday. Yeah, look, daily on NFL Network, um, you know, on NFL Now, on Total Access, my, my Twitter handle, Weich89, IG handle, Weich, that's W-Y-C-H-E, the number's 89, an old jersey number. Um, but all over our program, again, we're broadcasting the game. This is a big step for the NFL with this mm-hmm. to make this type of investment. So just a lot of stuff here. But I would also encourage folks, come out to Yulman Stadium, you know, on on Saturday. We have St. Augustine High School's band mm-hmm. coming out to perform pregame. We've got Grambling's band coming out to perform at halftime. And if you ever have been to an HBCU football game, it is never just a game. It is an event where the bands and the hoopla and a lot of the theatrics really play into the overall celebration of black college football. Yeah, it's always a really fun energy. I loved going from North Carolina, going to NCA&T games, the band, you know, a lot of fun out there. So I appreciate the time. What is up next for you? I mean, you just kind of rolled through the season and things have continued. So you get a break at all or are you just going to go right into the combine? I am taking my wife to the Silk Sonic concert in Las Vegas <laughs> in a couple of weeks unplug just a little bit but look we got we got the combine coming up yep. we got the drafts coming up free agency coming up i don't really get you know cool out until you know we get into may and some sporadic points in june and july but again i get to cover football for a living so you know if this is working you know have at it yeah absolutely all right before i let you go what are some storylines you're following this off season well i mean the quarterback movement Will Russell Wilson get traded? Is Aaron Rodgers going to go anywhere? Who is going to be the Saints quarterback? What's going on with Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, that's an interesting little uh, brush fire that, you know, you're, you're wondering if it's going to turn into a big fire. But it's also, you know, what some of these teams are going to do. The draft doesn't have a lot of the big names. But, again, the draft gives every team hope that they're building for the present and the future. Um, but, again, the storylines, the main ones are, are the quarterbacks. And what it's going to do if we're going to see a lot of the movement like we saw last year. But the key domino um, is going to be Deshaun Watson. What team is going to trade for him? And then what does that lead the rest of the way around the NFL? What teams do with their quarterback situations? Yeah, I appreciate the time. We, as the Saints fans, the organization, we have a lot that we're going to have to follow this offseason. As you mentioned, the quarterback situation, the 
the, the change of the guards, so to speak, with the new head coach and the other coaches that will follow in line around him. So it's going to be busy for us. I appreciate you spending some time as you're heading into this big game this weekend. Uh, thank you so much. Take your vitamins, Darren. It is going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate Steve joining us. And as he said, you can get out to the game on Saturday. It is a 3 o'clock central kick at Yulman Stadium that's on the Tulane campus. Plenty of good football to watch out there this weekend. They've been practicing all week at the stadium, at the Saints facility, in the indoor practice facility. They've had that job fair that was held on Thursday. So really exciting stuff going on this week in New Orleans, and we're happy that we were able to be a part of it and help support the HBCU Legacy Bowl taking place this weekend. Coverage on NFL Network is at 3 o'clock. And before I let you go, as always, if you have any pest or termite problems, look no further than Terminix. Locally owned for over 70 years, they have effective solutions that will help to eliminate pest problems throughout the year. Their custom treatments adapt to the season to address seasonal pest activity to protect your home and business all year long. They provide residential and commercial pest and termite control services for the South Shore, North Shore, and River parishes of Louisiana. Protect your home with Terminix. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. We have Saints linebacker Demario Davis joining the podcast next week. That's going to be an awesome episode. So make sure that you subscribe on Apple iTunes to the New Orleans Saints podcast or you head to neworleansaints.com where we post the podcast under the video section every week. Thanks for listening in. I'm Erin Summers. Talk to you next week.